And it's those that work it. It's those that, that on purpose work to increase their strength. Those are the ones that get strong. So we, we're doing that with our faith. And faith is, is necessary. It's necessary. to If you want to live victorious, if you don't want your life to look like you got ran over by a Mack truck, you need to, faith. You need to know about faith, and you need to be able to use it skillfully. Amen? So it is necessary. And there are times that, that we face that we can't rely on other people. We can't rely on other people. And you may think, well, what about those people? They're all rich and famous, and they, they got money to take care of everything. And the, well, there's some things that money can't take care of. Money can't get you out of everything, right? And other people can't get you out of everything. But you, if you have faith, if your faith is developed, that's what you need. Amen? Because God is our help. God is our help. And the Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. So if we're supposed to be living by faith, it's important. It's important. Amen. And faith, all faith is is saying, I trust you, God. I trust you. Faith is not difficult. Faith's not, a, a child can work in faith. A child can work in faith. And that's how we have to address it. We, we're, we don't have to think, well, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever, and now that's too simple for me. It's not, it's not too simple, okay? We need to be simple. We need to not complicate it, and faith is not difficult, amen? It's just trusting God and what he says above everything else, amen? So we have been talking about steadfast faith, and, and uh, as I was preparing for this message, I got to thinking, well, you know what? It, it may sound like I'm going to re-preach his message last week. I don't know. <laughs> but how many remember every word of that message last week? I don't think so. So, yeah. <laughs> so I could probably verbatim say everything he said last week, and y'all be like, oh, that was a great message, you know. <laughs> so there's going to be lots of things that we talk about that's going to be the same. But if we, uh, we haven't got it yet, I haven't got it yet, because even I was preparing and I'm like, oh, okay, that yeah, that seems familiar. I said, oh yeah, because we heard it last week. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna hear more of the same, not everything, but more of the same. So turn with me over to First Peter five, and we he, we got up to last week. Now, faith is a broad. As trusting God, that's a broad topic. It can be. So we're just focusing on different aspects of it. Um, so there's a lot of things that can affect our faith. But we're, we're just kind of honing in on one of them. And I guess we're going to stay here until we get this one. At least stay here today until we get it. Praise God. Um, okay, I'm just going to read First Peter 5. Starting in verse 5, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, here's, this is a little key right here, right? God resists the proud. 
So if you want God's help, you better humble yourself because God resists the proud. And he does not like pride. And, and the proud says, I don't need God. I can handle this myself. Okay? And so God's not into that. But we saw what happened to Satan. Right? Pride is what got him kicked out of heaven. So, number one, if we want his help in our situation, we're going to have to humble ourselves and quit thinking that we're all that. Right? That we can handle it. Because we can't. Not without his help. Amen? But it says he gives grace to the humble. All right. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And that's a nugget right there. But then verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings uh, are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You know, you're not alone. You're not alone. Your situation is not unique. Other people have gone through the same things. And how, how we come out of it um, is dependent upon what we do in the midst of it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're talking about having a steadfast faith, an immovable faith. Has anyone ever been accused of being stubborn? Yeah, just a few of us. I don't know. I mean, because I can't lie. <laughs> I can't lie. I've been accused of being stubborn a few times. And, and, you know, we have to look things up in the dictionary. And it means having a dogged determination not to change one's attitude or position on something, especially, especially in spite of good arguments or reasons to do so. So that's a stubborn person. And typically we don't think of that as a good thing, but we need stubborn faith. We need stubborn faith. Like, well, I don't care what you say. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I'm not changing. You know, we need to be that way with our faith. Like if, if someone can, if we can be talked out of it or moved by a good argument, circumstances can present a good argument. And they can present uh, valid you know, reasons, they're, they're, I mean, that's a pretty good reason to not be believing what you're believing. But we need to be stubborn about that. We'll be like, well, you can say whatever you want to, but I'm not hearing you, but I'm not, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not changing anything. Uh, so we, we need to kind of be like that with our faith. Our faith, it needs an attitude. It needs an attitude. Quit being weak about it, you know. We need an attitude that says, uh, I can outlast you, devil, and I will have the last word. <laughs> you got into those with you, with other people? Like, no, yes, no, no. And then you say something, and then you want to resolve it, and you want to just be peaceful and, and just, okay, they say whatever, but just, you know, you just have to get that last word in there. Okay, but stubborn faith gets the last word. Stubborn faith gets the last word. Like, I, I can stand here all day, you know, but I'm going to get the last word. 
<laughs> and yeah, amen. I'm going to give a faith story. Yeah. Now, some of this, some of the little details may not be accurate because, anyway, we're talking about stubborn, stubbornness. Yeah. Well, I know none of you parents have ever done this, but like when your kids are little, you know, you make them eat stuff. Yeah, you make them eat stuff. And I've done, I, I've, I never did it with Ryan because by the time Ryan came along, I'm like, whatever, eat, you know, eat ramen noodles all day long. <laughs> care just take your vitamin okay uh, <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about if you have more than one kid you know what I'm talking about it's like okay fine candy let's go ahead I think Ryan has had the most oh there she is yeah she just heard her name Ryan has had the most you know cavity type things probably because I'm like well if you want to eat candy all day long you know go ahead but anyway, Faith, yeah, so I used to, with her and with Rex, when they were really little, I kind of, the rules kind of changed over time, but basically it was, well, you're going to eat at least two bites of that before you're done. You're going to have to at least try it, you know. I'm not saying my philosophy is the same now, but it was back then, so, and don't come to me saying that was all wrong and blah, blah, blah. I don't, you know, I'm past that now. My grandkids will eat, you know, healthy food. <laughs> okay, so back to Faith. So Faith, she was, we were talking about this the other day, and she said it was Brussels sprouts, but I don't know. Was it, she, was it Brussels sprouts? It was something like Brussels sprouts. Now, what normal seven-year-old wants to eat Brussels sprouts? I don't know. But she was going to eat them, at least two bites of it, before she got up from that table. I mean, I don't know how long it was. It was dinner time that we did this. But, I mean, she was looking. I'm like, you. <laughs> like, I know at least a couple of hours went by. She was still sitting at that table. <laughs> and I'm like, you better eat, just eat the Brussels sprouts. Just eat them. Just take two bites and we'll be done. But she's like, you can bring me a pillow because I'm sleeping here if I got to eat the, <laughs> you know, if I got to eat these Brussels sprouts, you might as well just bring me a pillow. Anyway, I caved finally, probably. I, I almost thought of pulling a mommy dearest and putting it in the fridge and bringing it out the next day, but I didn't do that. <laughs> she would have sat there then too, but, and yeah, yeah, I did it with Rex too, but but yeah, I felt a little bit worse on him because he was crying, but anyway. <laughs> that was a long time ago. It wasn't last week. Okay. But anyway, we have to be that way. Like, I, I'll sit, bring me a pillow. I'm going to, I'll sleep here, you know, but I'm not eating that. You can be like, well, you can bring me a pillow, devil, but I'm not thinking that. I'm not taking that. Whatever it is you're offering, I'm not, I'm not having it. So we have to have that kind. We have to have, you know, say no to Brussels sprouts kind of faith. You know, he, you need to be hard for the devil to talk to. You need to be hard for the devil to talk to. Like, he doesn't want to mess with it today. Like, she's going to give me some pushback if I bring that her way. Amen.
So, and we, we got into last week, probably other weeks, is so important, is our thoughts. That is a primary weapon. He, he can attack, you know, the devil can attack in many different ways, but his primary weapon is with the thoughts that he's going to bring to your mind. And I do want to make note, I know the devil is not always our problem. He's, he's not always our problem. So we can't blame everything on the devil because we can be our own enemy. We can be our own enemy. I just, so I just want to preface everything with that because I'm kind of harping on the devil here, which, you know. But he's not our only problem. But he is a problem. And one of his main ways he comes against us is through our thoughts. And so we haven't, how many uh, were real good about keeping every thought in line with the word last week? Okay, so it won't hurt us to talk more about it, will it? <laughs> Remember, he has to have our cooperation. He has to have our cooperation. If we stand on a promise in the Bible, uh, what we're believing for, as long as we are on that solid foundation, of the word to back us up, we're good. We're good. It doesn't matter the opposition. As long as we stay on the word, we're good. But, you know, if he can, his object is to get us to move, get us to change our position off of the word. Because if, if he can get us off the word, we're in his territory. Amen? Amen. And he has the advantage there. So he has to have our cooperation. Now, let's look over, go back to 1 Peter 5, you're still there. It says in verse 8, be sober. Now, that just, it can mean a couple different things, but here it's just meaning be serious. Be serious. Like, you have to take the threat serious. Okay? We can't just ignore. The, the enemy, Satan, is defeated. But he can't go unanswered. Just because he's defeated, just because he doesn't have a right necessarily to, you know, come against you, or he's going to get away with what you let him get away with. And it's kind of like, well, you don't want, if you've got a leaky faucet or a leak, a leak in, you know, in something. You, you have the uh, ability to go over and turn it off or call somebody to get it fixed. But if you don't, it's going to wreak havoc. It's going to ruin some things. Okay, it's in your power to do something about it. But you have to do something about it. This is kind of like the devil. You have power to do something about it, to do something about him and his threats and his thoughts. But you have to do something. Amen. So we need to be sober. Uh, we should... We need to better answer our thoughts. We need to better answer our thoughts. Um, you need to be sober. You need to take worry seriously. Worry is a big problem. Worry is a big problem because you may not be worried about one area of your life, but another area you have more difficulty with. But worry is just as much of a problem as wrong thoughts because worry is, is basically faith. You're, you're worrying. If you're worrying, you're not in faith. If you're worrying, you're not in faith. Because if, you're, if you really believe God's coming through for you, you wouldn't be worried. Even if it didn't look like it was right at the moment, you wouldn't be worried about it. 
okay? If I said I've got $5,000, I'm sending it to you, and you've got a bill, and it's due that day, but I said it's going to be there that day, and you trusted me, it wouldn't even matter that you didn't have it in your hand at that moment. You know you're going to have it, and so you wouldn't be worried about it. Same thing with God. If we're, We shouldn't be worrying if we're in faith. Amen. Matthew uh, 6, 25, it says, do not worry. It's Jesus. He's saying, do not worry about your life. Your life. Your life is the sum of everything of, that ha- pertains to you. Everything. Your entire life. Do not worry. And so, the Bible says, you know, don't commit adultery. Right? So what's that mean? Like, if you commit adultery, what does that mean? Well, you have sinned. Well, the Bible says, do not worry. So what does that mean if you're worrying? You're sinning. So, and just because we don't know you're worrying, you may be worrying. Only, you know, <laughs> you may come put on a good front, okay? But just... You just need to get a hold of that. Amen. You need to take it serious. Okay. The next thing it says to uh, be vigilant. And that just means, so you're going to be serious about things. You're taking these threats seriously that come against you. And you're going to be vigilant. You're going to keep a careful watch for possible danger or difficulties. I mean, you're paying attention. Don't walk through your life and not pay attention. Amen? Amen. If you lived, if you lived next door to the zoo and they told you that the lion got out, now, you'd be watching for it. You'd be like, I know there's a lion. I mean, there's a real lion out there, and he's kind of hungry because he hasn't been at the zoo and they haven't been feeding him. So he's, he's looking for something he can eat. Okay, and so I wouldn't just be going outside with my, you know, cap over my head, half asleep. No, I'm going to make sure I'm awake. I'm going to, you know, dress up in something that's like real hard to eat. (laughs) I like, do I have some thick metal something I can get in? Okay, because... You know, if he comes, I want to be prepared. And I'm going to be armed. I'm not going to go out unarmed. I'm not going out unarmed. And if I don't have those things, I'm probably not going out. Okay? Because I want to actually get to where I'm trying to go and not get eaten. Well, the Bible says he's walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, meaning he may not just devour anything that he just wants to. So I'm going, to be, I'm going to be alert, and we have to live alert and not get on cruise control with our life. And I know you guys have experienced this. You, have you experienced, like, some successes and things are going great and, like, your life's on the upswing, you know what I mean? Like, things are just going great and all that. That is not the time, and this is when we typically loosen our alertness and our vigilance we we try we ride that but we're not sometimes that's just the time that the enemy has gone to 
write some different plans. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just because he's quiet at the moment doesn't mean he's not going to attack again. Right. So we, we shouldn't loosen our alertness, our, our attention on our lives just because things are going great at the moment. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're vigilant. And the Bible says here to resist him, resist him steadfast in the faith. Remember I said that he has to have our cooperation. He has to have our cooperation in order to move in our lives. Well, the moment we don't resist him, he has our cooperation. Because he's going to test the waters. Okay, and if he doesn't meet resistance, that's his cooperation. So, going back to the thoughts, if, he, if some thoughts are coming into your brain... And I would like to say, it really doesn't even matter. You don't, need to, you don't need to go, is that thought from the devil or was that my thought or whatever? It doesn't really even matter if it's not in line with the word. It doesn't matter if it came from the devil or came from your own, like you thought it up yourself. It doesn't really matter. You handle it the same. Handle it the same. Amen. And you got to answer that because we don't want to give him opportunity to get a, a foothold. That's what the... Bible calls strongholds. You know, he, he'll set up a stronghold in your mind. Amen. Amen. And, okay, so y'all like my doggy stories. Moses, y'all, a lot of y'all know who Moses is. He's our lab. And he knows, he knows, he is not allowed on that couch. He is not allowed on that couch. You just don't get on that couch. He knows he's not. Well, see, every once in a while, he'll think, he'll, you can see his wheels turning, and he'll get close to the couch, and usually I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, yeah, that's not yours. Well, yeah, recently what's happened is, he's done it a few times, I don't remember, somebody, Chris was gone probably, (laughs) and he goes over there, and he's like, seeing how close he can get to the couch, and you don't, you don't say anything to him. So he's like, okay. She didn't say anything to me. So, and then he's like, and he's watching because you're sitting on the couch. He's watching you to see what you're going to do. And he's like, <laughs> and then he's acting like, I don't see that. <laughs> and, but you don't do anything. He doesn't hear any command to stop it. So the next one goes up, and pretty soon, and you know it's easier to stop him before he gets to the couch because uh, if he starts getting on there, he's going to try to get all the way on there. And it's easier just when he's going over there to go, Moses, uh, don't even think about it. And that usually usually gets it. But if you let him get a, a foot up there, He's, he's going up all the way, and then you can yell, then you can be like, you know, get real stern and get down, get down, I said, you know, <laughs> and, he, and he'll, he'll get off reluctantly, but it's harder to get him off once he's already on it, but see, what's happened recently is he's been coming a pest about it, 
And I'm just like, well, whatever. And so we've, we just like laid out a blanket for him now. It's like, if you're going to get on there, fine. Let me just put a blanket out so you don't get it dirty. Okay, but see, we've done this with our thoughts. We've done this with the enemy's thoughts or our own thoughts. <laughs> for a while there, we're, when we're being diligent and watchful, for a while there, we're going, nah, don't even go there. No, don't even go there. But, you know, one day maybe we're tired. One day we're in a bad mood and just, you know, have y'all ever, you know, get in a bad mood and different people do different things. But sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to have that whole bag of Pringles. <laughs> Who cares? You know, fine, give me the Pringles and give me the Sour Patch Kids and give me the chocolate and then I'll have the Dr. Pepper on top of that. Thank you. I don't even care. Okay, we get in those kind of days. And so maybe we're having one of those days and the enemy comes and plants a thought of, uh, yeah, your healing's never going to come. But we're tired. We're tired. And maybe we're not built up on the word like we should have been or been in prayer or fellowship with God. And so that day, we start thinking about it a little bit. Or we don't, we don't immediately put our mind somewhere else. We don't immediately say, well, I don't even believe that. Don't even go there. But we start thinking about it a little bit. And that's like Moses. He's creeping up. How far can I get with this? Okay? And if you're not careful, soon you're going to be laying out a blanket in the, on that part of the couch. So he doesn't get the rest of it dirty, but he's taking up occupancy there. Yeah. So we don't be want to laying out a blanket for the devil's no. thoughts to... Take up residence in our mind because we don't want to have to get him off the couch one more time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, we don't want to do that because that's too much trouble sometimes. But so, how much do we have to do this? Sometimes it's like disciplining a child. Your mind, disciplining your mind is like disciplining a child. You got to, how many times? I don't know. How many times I'm going to have to say, no, don't think about that. But there's, what's the alternative? The alternative is laying out a blanket for wrong thoughts to just stay. And, you know, he's not, the, the enemy is not content with that place on the couch. He's going to get comfortable there where it's not a big deal to you anymore. Okay, but then he's going to find a better spot. Then he's going to find a better spot. If she let me on the couch, she's going to let me on the bed. Yeah, and not only that, I'm going to sleep right there in the middle of it where they have no room for their legs. I have some experience with this. So he will always attempt to take new territory. Amen. So what can we do 
we have to resist. How do we resist? Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians 10. This is very, it's very simple, but it's so important, our thoughts, because we're having thoughts all day long. It's not like you encounter a person maybe one time a week. You're with your thoughts all day long. Okay? And it's, you have control over what you're thinking about. All right, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, well, starting in verse 4, says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought, every single thought, this is our assignment. If you get an assignment out of today, it's paying attention to every single thought. Amen? And does it line up with the word? Amen. Every single thought. So when you start thinking any thought that's of failure, any thought that's of doubt of the word, any thought that says that God's not coming through this time, uh, that's a thought we have to take captive. We cast down wrong thoughts by answering it with the word. So it's kind of like the, the Newton's third law of physics, right? Every action is that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Is that it? I don't know. I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> it has to be opposed. A wrong thought has to be opposed with an equal force. Or, and it's a greater force. The word is a greater force. Amen. Because the word is the truth. Amen. So we have to, every single thought, every single thought, praise God. Praise God. So, you know, when uh, someone kind of gets under your skin at work, and, okay, like that very moment, you need, to, you need to think, what am I doing? Because typically what happens is someone does that, and we start formulating a plan of our response. Okay, but these, these require thoughts. You formulating this plan of revenge or, oh, I'm, I'm going to get a really good zinger in here. Okay. But instead of doing that, which would feel really good on the flesh, right, Instead of doing that, we need to think, no, Proverbs 15, 1, it says, a soft answer turns away wrath. Okay, how, you have to know the word to do this. You have to know the word to do this. It's our job to know the answer. It's our job to know the answer. He's given us the, given us the answers, but it's our job to know it. It's hard to answer back to something when you don't know the answer. But I would say this, if you're, you're presented with a situation and you're having wrong thoughts, and you know the wrong thoughts, you don't know how you know that they're wrong because maybe you don't know the word that says it's wrong, but if you'll pay attention to the inside, 
where the Holy Spirit is, you'll know, oh, something doesn't seem right about that. Something doesn't seem right about that. We'll take that as your cue. I need to get in the Word and see what the Word says about that. Okay? And then find your answer. Find your answer. Amen? Hallelujah. So we have to resist Him. Um, let's turn over to... And how do we do it? We cast down every thought. So we're going to pay attention to every single thought. Amen. Turn to Philippians 4. Amen. Philippians 4, 8. We're going to answer his thoughts and then we're going to do this. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So not only do we have to answer the wrong thoughts that come to us, but then we have to put our mind on the right thoughts. We have to give our, because our mind wants to think all the time, good or bad or what, indifferent. It's going to go whichever way you direct it to, but it's moving, right? Our, typically, people's brains, like if you say, what are you thinking about? Now, sometimes, you know, you can zone out, but most of the time, you know, if you go, what, you, what are you thinking about? And they go, oh, nothing. Well, you know, nothing. You're not thinking about anything. Like, I wonder what kind of food we're having tonight nothing typically you're thinking about something even if it's something silly so we have to take our mind off the wrong things and we have to put them on the right things amen and the right things would be our victory the right things would be our answer like man like when this when this manifests I'm gonna you know this is all I'm gonna do when that that money comes that I know I'm believing for I'm standing for and I know what's coming this is what I'm gonna do you know, start planning that way. Start thinking those things. Amen? Don't let the enemy get your, uh, your eyes on the wrong thing. Amen? Because you'll go that direction. You're going to go whatever direction your mind lands on and stays on. It's like driving a car. You're driving like this. If I look, It has to be a real skilled driver to look over here and not slightly veer that direction. Okay, so what, wherever you're focused, that's, that's the direction it's going to take. Even if your intention is to go that way. If your focus is over here, you're going to kind of go that way, whether you meant to or not. Amen. Amen. So if you have his word on a promise, it is sure as long as you remain fixed on that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Steadfast faith, stubborn faith, stubborn faith, it resists the devil. It's watchful. Amen. It's watchful. Don't go on autopilot. Your autopilot is not skilled with the word. Yeah. It takes a live person. <laughs> it, takes a, it takes someone who's living and breathing and knows how to work the word. Right. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you got something today off that. Now, remember, if you leave, when you leave here, your assignment, what's your assignment?